Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassnett, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sipple. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome in, Life in the Red podcast. We just had, we had a spirited half-hour discussion before we got started that would have made a great podcast. Now we're going to follow it up with an extremely mediocre podcast. That we're actually <laughs> Damn recording. it. We, we got to recreate some of them. Damn it. The reason, the reason why it. I wasn't recording for the last half hour was because of the vulgarity. So it's nice of you to swear twice in the first uh, yeah. 30 seconds. <laughs> well, the vulgarity was way worse before. Well, that's yeah. true. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, it is 2.33 p.m., uh, Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Damn it. It's, uh, we got a lot of football talk. We're going to talk some, some hoops uh, later on after the football. We'll dive right in with football, as we normally do. Nebraska has its quarterbacks, Casey Thompson, the transfer from Texas, Chubba Purdy, the transfer from Florida State, both in the full, both expected to, to be participants this spring. Um, and that room, as, as Parker wrote earlier this week, looks a lot more interesting than it did a few weeks ago. So I'll kind of let you guys, again, you guys have kind of been the, the guys on this and I'll let you kind of, kind of get into it. And what are your thoughts now that, that Chubb and Purdy and Casey Thompson are both in? Go ahead, Parker. Yeah. It. It's, I'm, well, it's super interesting. Um, you know, Casey Thompson obviously is the veteran started 10 games at Texas last year. He's going into his fifth year. Um, he's the same age as Adrian Martinez was in the same high school class as Adrian Martinez. Um, and so for that reason, um, and because he was obviously the first guy that Nebraska got out of the portal, I think there will be a lot of people who assume that he's going to win the starting job. He'll be, I guess, if you were if you were putting odds on any of the guys, I think he'd clearly be the favorite. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens, in part because of Purdy, who they landed on Monday after he visited campus with his family. There's so many. I mean, we could do, you know, a couple hours on how interesting – the quarterback position is and the transfer portal and all of that. But it is very interesting that, you know, Casey Thompson heard from Oklahoma uh, during his recruiting process. Simple, you talked to his dad, Charles, who was an option quarterback at OU. Um, and then Chubba Purdy visited Oklahoma and Nebraska before he made his decision. So it's uh, there's all kinds of layers and, and sub layers and all of that, all of this. But the bottom line is, Nebraska is going to have five scholarship quarterbacks in uh, in its winter conditioning now, and and most importantly in spring ball when it starts at the end of February. And three out of the five are going to school at the University of Nebraska for the first time this week, uh, with Casey Thompson, Chubba Purdy, and Richard Torres. So um, it's a it's a new room, obviously with the holdovers, Smothers, and, and Harburg, uh, who will try to win the starting job as well. Um, and it's a new coach, Mark Whipple, and it's a new system, and there's a lot of new blood, and it's going to be a heck of a competition, honestly, like starting right now, and then obviously really kicking into gear when spring ball starts. Yeah, that's and they, I, I mean, Casey Thompson, Charles Thompson has made they've both made it clear that Nebraska made it clear that they're going after two. Yeah. You know, they were they were up front with both Chuba and and Casey Thompson that um, we're taking two and that they laid out the situation and they laid out a situation that played out for them perfectly. I mean, Nebraska comes out looking really good in this. Um, the, the one thing about um, Casey, 
Well, there's a lot about, there's a lot to say about Casey. I guess I should start with what Charles said. I mean, a lot of the reason he's here is because of Mickey Joseph, you know, once again, Mickey Joseph paying off. Um, but it was because of Mickey's relationship with Charles, um, which goes back to when, when Mickey was a quarterback in Louisiana in the eighties, an option quarterback was recruited by Oklahoma and Charles helped show him around the campus. Charles was at Oklahoma already as an option quarterback. And so they've known each other since then. And he, the way Charles presents it is, I didn't know this, but this is what he said. Charles says option quarterbacks kind of stick together. They kind of have their own little fraternity. You know, if you, if you're an option quarterback, um, you kind of stick together because they're kind of a rare breed. And, and you know what, now that I'm talking about it, Charles and Mickey were very similar quarterbacks, um, both option, both a little undersized, both super fast, both super shifty. Um, um, so that, so that all makes sort that makes sense. Also, Kenny Wilhite was big in this. Um, Kenny Wilhite played with Charles in the CFL. So Charles said, Hey, when Nebraska called, it wasn't like they were totally on our radar screen, but then they jumped on it because I knew these guys. He says, you kind of tend to take a call from guys that, you know, right. Makes sense. And then, yep. and then he got to looking at it, got to looking at Nebraska, the situation started watching, you know, their season and, it just made more and more sense. And then Whipple, the Whipple piece crystallized. Charles does quarterback camps. And so he's heard a lot about Whipple. Um, and Whipple was was heavily involved. Talked to Charles, talked to Casey every day. Every day that since Casey jumped in the portal on December 16th, Whipple's talked to him. So there's a lot of work that goes into this. Um so it's sort of it's sort of interesting, and I would say Casey, if if his thumb's okay, then he'll be the quarterback, is what I would think, right? I mean, yeah, they yeah I mean, they didn't bring him here to they didn't bring him here to watch, right? But I think you leave open the possibility, you leave open the possibility that whether it's you know, uh, Chubba Purdy had a significant injury too. He broke his collarbone in camp before his true freshman season, ended up having multiple surgeries on it. He played a little bit as a true freshman, but it really took him until this fall for him to be back to being fully healthy too. There goes the five hour energy. Um, mm-hmm. So you got to have a big five hours by eight. Yeah, there you go. Eight. Up until set right in right at seven forty. Uh, yeah. Then you're off the clock, it's got, right? Everything's got to happen. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, Purdy's a talented young guy. And then, I, you know, you, you also leave open the possibility that one of Nebraska's returning guys, um, Smothers and Harburg, both really young quarterbacks so far. You know, maybe one of them takes off under Whipple's tutelage as well. But, yeah, Thompson is, is obviously the most experienced. He led the Big 12 in touchdown passes last year, even though he didn't start until week three. And he was hampered by that thumb injury that you referenced, Sipple basically over the second half of the season, he, he suffered that injury against Oklahoma uh, in October and then dealt with that, you know, the rest of the way. So it's very interesting, you know, and then, and then just to, to add on, you know, Mickey Joseph, maybe not the sole reason that, that Nebraska got Casey Thompson, but he was huh. obviously part of the recruiting. So Mickey's been on the job for, you know, a little more than a month, six weeks, I guess. Uh, and he had a hand in landing Casey Thompson he got to Coldest Crawford and he got Trey Palmer, the wide receiver transfer from LSU. So 
uh, he's off to a pretty good start over his first six weeks. Yeah. And I don't want to hand, I don't, Hey, listen guys, I'm not handing, you don't hand the job to anybody, but you know, Casey Thompson's 23 years old. Yeah, 100%. He's getting paid. Um, it's it, it, which is a very interesting conversation to me, by the way, like in terms of our role and critiquing players, it's a lot easier to critique a guy who's older than some NFL quarterbacks and who's actually making money, you know, right. I mean, that, that yeah. conversation's a little different now. Right. Um, since he's, you know, he's living in a luxury apartment and making pretty good money here. Um, so, so yeah. A new day in college football, simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to adjust your thinking a little bit. Well, it's going to be, I mean, it's, it is. I, I can't, certainly since I've been here, you know, it was interesting in spring ball in, in uh, 18 when Frost first got here and Adrian Martinez had just got to campus and, you know, you figured, I mean, you just didn't know if Adrian could really knock as a true 18 year old, true freshman who didn't play as a senior in high school. You didn't know for sure if he could surpass Tristan Jebbia and Patrick O'Brien, but remember like O'Brien left during spring ball and then Adrian beat out Jebbia in preseason camp. But this is even, I mean, in its own way, this is going to be even more, um, uh, almost maybe even more compelling than that, right? I mean, you've got yeah. And by five. the way, how much? Ask it, Baz. Baz, I will ask Baz this: How much of spring ball you think we're going to see this year? <laughs> uh, a small amount, probably probably near zero, I would guess, until the spring game. Yeah. And how many yeah. times do you think you'll actually watch a quarterback like drop back and throw a ball to a receiver running a route? Probably. So. It'll be be a similar amount to the amount of spring ball we see this year. <laughs> and, and what do you think the spring game's going to look like? Uh, turn around and hand it off to all them big fancy running backs they brought in, I would imagine. Yeah. Or they're going to run they're going to run all of the stuff that Nebraska ran this this past year. Yeah. Yeah. In hopes that in hopes that uh Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern watch them and say, "Well, they're his own read team." That's what they showed in the spring game. What if they did that? What if they like ran the Scott offense, the, the, the Scott offense, the Scott Frost offense from last year? And like Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy were both just like magicians with it. They're just like cruising <laughs> up and down the field. Like it just looks awesome. They look like 2006 Oregon or whatever. Oh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, but they can, maybe they can trick Northwestern into thinking they're an even front team instead of an odd front team. I will say this though. If that's what Nebraska does, we don't see much practice and they're very vanilla in the spring game. Believe me, I totally understand. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the proper way. to. Well, go. oh, I mean, Frost, look, look, like Whipple had been hired for a week when we talked to them on signing day. They hadn't even re- they'd been on the road and then they went on the road. Frank Frost was on the road recruiting. I mean, they'd met each other. They've watched a little bit of film, but they hadn't even started in in true earnest the process of figuring out what the system was going to look like. And even then on December 15th, Frost was like, I don't really want to talk about this much. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not going to talk about it at all. I, I mean, it, no, it's going to be, probably not. It's going to be like, we didn't, this, we didn't like, see anything when Scott was running his own. Office. I know. Like, yeah. We're not going to yeah, see even anything. in year four or whatever. I mean, it's going to be like Fort Knox, you know? Yeah. Locking it down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I want to shift gears. I, I, I want to hit Parker with this, Baz. That hit Avery Johnson is interesting. The eight, there's a quarterback in Mays, Kansas, close mm-hmm. to Wichita, um, named Avery Johnson that that we should be familiar with, right, Parker? 
Yeah, yeah, he's a dual threat quarterback in Kansas. So, so this is sort of shifting to 2023, which is a nice segue. Thanks, Simple, into a brief, at least, conversation about recruiting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a 2023 quarterback in Kansas. Nebraska did not recruit him at all uh, under Mario Verduzco, um, but they like him. They offered him last week, and I think it's probably safe to say he's 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 maybe the lead guy on Nebraska's board now for 2023. It's going to be hard to get him, obviously. I mean, there's been schools that have been recruiting him for a long time, not only Kansas and Kansas State, but also, you know, Tennessee, I think, is in the mix. And, and there's Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon. And, and, and other schools, too. So that's um, it's an interesting conversation, though, uh, because you just wonder, you know, Whipple, we've heard this already from Chubba Purdy, from Charles Thompson, um, you know, from Kenny Pickett as he's gone through. I mean, Mark Whipple has a pretty good reputation as a quarterback developer. And so it's going to be interesting to see if Nebraska can get into conversation, even though they're sort of late to the party uh, for a guy like Avery Johnson. And, and, and Oh, by the way, you know, the guy who was down in Kansas not only offered him, but also Dylan Edwards, who was a running back um, Gatorade player of the year this year in Kansas was Bill Bush and Bush is no stranger to recruiting quarterbacks himself, you know, and, and, scouting talent and all of that. And then, you know, so I'm sure he'll be involved in that recruitment too, along with Whipple, who obviously, you know, would coach a quarterback who comes to Nebraska. So super interesting there. Um, he, I'm, I'm guessing they'll try to have Avery Johnson. At, you know, they've got a, a junior day on Friday this week. Uh, and mm. then again, next mm. Friday. So the next two Fridays, Nebraska's got junior days on campus. I'm sure they'll try to get Avery Johnson in town. Uh, JJ Cole, who's a, six foot six quarterback in the 23 class from Iowa uh, is coming to the junior day. That's a week from Friday. Um, that's the son of Jamie Cole, the kicking guru. Oh, um, and so Cole's kicking. You've probably heard of. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it's very interesting. They're, they're sort of, you know, that they're sort of behind on 23 quarterback recruiting um, with the coaching change and all of that on the offensive side. But there's a couple of guys right in the area in Avery Johnson. And then I think you put JJ Cole in that conversation too, um, that are really good players and, and that fit. They're a little bit more of like, I guess what you would loosely call like Whipple style quarterbacks. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see if they can get in the conversation for either of those guys. It's, it's interesting about Avery Johnson because he last played in the NBA in 2003, 2004. So, you know, it's, it's very curious that, that they would allow a guy that was you know, only five, only listed at 5'10", 175 and played point guard that he would now be a high level quarterback living in Mays, Kansas. So yeah, he's 46 or however old he is. He ran for 1100 yards last year. In, in, yeah. In Mays, Kansas. Uh, so 56. He's 56. 56. Okay. There you go. Oh he's God. He's ancient. Six. He's older Ancient, than Sybil. That, that's really funny. That's really he's basically funny. he's basically dead. Yeah, at, at that's really six. good. Yeah. Here, yep. HR. There, there it is. Call HR. Yeah. Call our call right call HR at our office right now. The office that we have. <laughs> Going into HR right now. That's a whole other topic you don't want to get me started on. Uh let's. Let's keep going. Uh, any other uh, recruiting things you wanted to touch on there, Parker? Did you kind of just, cover it? Yeah, just briefly. Um, so even though, I mean, obviously classes started, the late registration deadline is is next week for Nebraska. I, I think so they lost a defensive tackle to Arizona State today, transfer guy. Um, not like he's leaving Nebraska, but they were recruiting him out of the portal. Nesta Jade Silvera from, from Miami. 
Um, he, he's going to Arizona State. Um, and then there's one more guy to keep an eye on. I don't know that Nebraska's offered him, but it's interesting timing. There's a defensive back from Northern Iowa named Omar Brown, I believe, um, who just went in the portal yesterday, um, was an FCS All-American as a freshman in 2019, had another really good year and then got hurt this year. Um, he's a safety. Nebraska needs a safety. Um, he's right down the road. There's a lot of uh, connections between the coaching staffs. Um, it's one to watch, put it that way. Uh, and then more Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is Nebraska, <laughs> even though they got Anthony Grant, we were talking about running back a little bit ago, even though they got Anthony Grant, the junior college transfer, and they've got Emmett Johnson high school kids signed already for this year. They're, they got another running back coming to campus this week in a Jay Allen from Monroe, Louisiana, um, which is very interesting because he's a pretty darn good player uh, as a 2022 high school running back. And he previously was committed to Brian Applewhite at TCU. So uh, you can connect the dots there. He took a visit. Once Gary Patterson got fired there, he visited Mississippi State in December, but he did not sign a letter of intent in December. So he's still on the market. And he's visiting, just confirmed to me a little bit ago, that he's visiting Nebraska. Um, he's, he's coming up here on Thursday night uh, for an official visit. And so um, that's a guy that Brian Applewhite really liked at TCU. And I would imagine that that probably interest has not waned uh, from Brian Applewhite's point of view. Uh, Here, here's the, that's interesting. The Omar Brown thing's really something to watch because they, I mean, I don't know if I'm recruiting Omar Brown or if I'm Omar Brown, I'm looking at Nebraska and saying, you know, there's a chance I could go in there and start at safety. Yeah. Miles Farmer is a guy that you look at for Nebraska and say he's probably got a pretty good shot to start when he has a lot of experience the last two seasons, Miles Farmer, but there's not a lot besides him. Um, and if Omar Brown, um, looks at that, that might be, I would look at it if I was, if I was a FCS All-American, I think he was an FCS sophomore All-American, but whatever, he had a good season. Yeah. 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 Um, that'll be, that'll be an interesting, that's it. That's an interesting one to watch for sure. Speaking of new guys, uh, I know Sip, you got to touch on this. Nebraska's going to have 17 new players on the roster for spring ball um, when spring practice officially gets underway. Uh, into I believe February 28th is the first yep. day of practice. Is that right? Uh, yep. A lot of new faces. We've talked about the quarterbacks, but there's going to be new faces all over the place uh, on that roster, whether it's, whether it's receiver, offensive line, you know, other side of the ball at some positions too. So a lot of new faces coming in. We talked about this being Fort Knox and not being able to watch practice. So we won't maybe get to see how these guys fit in, but there's going to be a lot of new guys here on campus campus already uh, starting classes today um, or yesterday, I guess, and, and that that are going to be on this roster. So it's going to be a new look. It's going to be a new look uh, roster come, come spring. Yeah. I mean, you're, you'll be, we'll get a, we'll get some glimpses. I mean, you'll, Trey Palmer will yeah. be around Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda Two those are two transfer portal receivers. Victor Jones is a true freshman. You'll get a look at Kevin Williams, who's a transfer portal o, o lineman, hundred, Hunter Anthony's a transfer portal O lineman, um, and you know Brian Buschini, uh, the punter is you know these these guys are gigantic. I mean, yeah, Nebraska. We've mentioned it before, but Nebraska's done a pretty good job of of taking care of some needs, not all, but place kicker, punter, return man. Um, those are three big ones, and they got that. Trey Palmer's probably you know a guy that they'll look at 
as a return man since he's proven in the SEC in that regard. So yeah, it is. It is. Um, I've I, you know we've there's been springs that we've covered where there's ten or twelve new guys and you know a few of those guys would figure into the mix. But I've never seen it like this where there's 16, 17 guys and you could point to legitimately 10 that could be in the mix or starting. Um, it's, it's very different. Now it's not overly surprising. If you go back to what Frost said in November, we're going into portal. We're going to go heavy into the portal. We're going to look, that's how we're going to try to get this over the top. You know, Frost has been consistent in his message and he's delivered. Um, so, you know, he said, it. remember Parker, he, I, Baz, you were there too. It, it late in the season when he said that it was, it was sort of a, I thought it was a sort of an important day. He yeah. had kind of indicated it before, but he hammered it home pretty good. And this, this is exactly what they've done. They've tried to, they're going to try to get over the hump and a lot of it's going to be with guys out of the portal. Yeah. It's so, amazing what you just, what you just said, simple. I mean, so three receivers, two offensive linemen, you know, you're talking about mid years, three receivers, two offensive linemen, uh, well, three offensive linemen, but Justin Evans Jenkins is a you know s- super young kid, high high school yeah. kid. So two quarterbacks, the junior college running back Anthony Grant, and then not only that, but in the secondary, the mid year guys, you've got the two junior college guys and Javier Morton and Deshaun Singleton. You've got okay. Tommy Hill transferring from Arizona State, and Jaden Gould, who is their highest rated high school player in the class. Yep. So I mean, it's you know. The, the competition, if you just look at running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and the secondary alone, yeah. and, and offensive yeah. line, I mean, it's major infusion of competition. At yeah, several- I didn't mention Tommy Hill. I mean, Tommy Hill could easily be a starting corner. I mean, he'll yeah. have to go earn it, not easily, but they brought him in to be a starter, I, I would imagine, right? Yeah, he started a game last year at Arizona State, played in every game uh, for the Sun Devils as a true freshman, and there's a job that's wide open. Uh, you know, Quentin Newsom probably he earned a black shirt last year. He was started all year. Um, Braxton, Clark wor- Braxton Clark worked himself into that conversation as the year went on. But, yeah, I mean, I think you give probably the advantage to Quentin Newsom for one of the jobs. And then for the other one, you've got Tommy Hill, Javier Morton, Marquise Buford, Braxton Clark. Um, you know, Braxton who? Braxton Clark. Clark. Uh, Jaden <laughs> Gould. So, yes. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, it is going to be quite a spring. It's great. Good thing. Good thing. Practice is going to be fully open to the media. I can't wait to watch. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be over there Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every week, just hanging out, watching, talking to Frost after every practice, watching the boys, watching the boys move around, watching the boys get loose out there. It'd be awesome if Frost just reversed course completely and said spring practices are open guys. Yeah. Just come on in. It was like we, spring that, training where you could just go hang out around the batting cages for like six weeks. I will yeah. tell you, I will tell you that when, well, this is sort of when, when they hired Bill Callahan, all spring practices were open completely. You could watch every minute of every spring practice. And I will tell you, it got to the point where I didn't even do it. I was just like, all right, I'm not going over there today. I've seen enough. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it's uh, it was, it was pretty interesting, but I don't foresee that happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I do not either. Um, should we move on to some hoops talk before we get out of here? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely yeah. something to talk about. Yeah. There are a, there, there are a couple of things to talk about. Nebraska basketball uh, coming off the home loss to Indiana the other night, heading to Ohio State Saturday. 
Um, they will play the Buckeyes for the second time after losing to them in overtime uh, here in Lincoln a couple of weeks ago. But I think the more interesting thing right now, and, and you already kind of hinted at it, simple is Clippy uh, Webster, uh, graduate student at Nebraska, went on the radio here in town uh, earlier this week and and made some pretty interesting comments um, just about the the Nebraska program, where they're at right now, what the what the kind of mood is, you know, behind the scenes and. And before we get into all this, I want to make it clear I'm not at practice every day. None of us are at practice every day, so we don't know what, what goes on behind the scenes. But but Kobe, who's seen a lot of college basketball, basically said it, talked about lack of accountability player to player, talked about coaches maybe not holding players as accountable as they need to be, talked about players maybe, maybe worrying about their own personal agendas um, as opposed to worrying about team success. And it was, it was eye-opening. And look, any of us that have watched – that team this year can see that there are issues. There's no, I mean, they're 0 and 8 in the Big Ten. They're 6 and 13 overall. Haven't beaten a power conference team yet this year. It's pretty clear there are issues there. But to hear a player, especially an experienced player, come out and say, you know, talking about, you know, how do you hold another teammate accountable if the coaches don't hold them accountable? You know, talking about going, going and having to talk to guys about, you know, we're losing because you're taking bad shots and, and you're not, you're not being held accountable for it. You know, it's, it's, it was really eye-opening. I thought gave a gave an interesting look into the kind of the inner workings of a program that's that's struggling right now. And, and I'm not exactly breaking any news by saying that, but it was interesting to hear you know an ad, one of the athletes on the team come out and say that. Yeah, it's probably interesting for Trev Alberts to hear this stuff. I'm sure. Um, yeah, that that um, you know Trev with Frost actively interviewed outgoing players, you know seniors that were leaving. Um, he, he wanted to get a vibe or he wanted to get information on Scott's program. So I'm, I, I, I don't say that. I mean, I, I guarantee Alberts, Trev Alberts would be interested in those comments. Um, I think Fred's probably interested in those comments too. Uh, <laughs> well, he should be. I mean, he should be. Yeah. yeah. And the first reaction is, wow. I mean, that's, those are pretty damning. And it, you know, Fred probably would be upset, but on the other hand, what, I mean, come on. I mean, if he, if Fred's upset, you got to say to him, Fred, your record's your record. I mean, this is getting, yeah. it's getting borderline ridiculous. It really is. I mean, they're staring down a barrel at 0 and 9 um, in the mm-hmm. league and 5 and 42 would be his big 10 record. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, that, that's a, you can't just keep explaining it away by a lot of guys try Um say, yeah, well, you know, he walked into a tough situation and there was a COVID year and, and whatever, but come on. I mean, this is getting ridiculous. But the other part of the conversation yeah. too, right, is that it's almost, I don't know if it's more or less concerning, but it's interesting to hear a player intimate that talent is not the issue or not the main issue, right? I mean, yeah. one of the yeah. things I thought it was interesting that, that, Kobe Webster said in that interview was he was asked if they, if, if they play hard enough to win and and he he thought about it and he said, well, I could understand why at this point it would look like that, but I really don't think that's the case. Like he needs he was like, you know, I really think if we just get one uh, it'll roll a little bit and all of that. And so to hear that, that confidence that like he really, even at Owen eight or whatever they are in the big 10, that he has this confidence that they could still get it turned around. It's pr- I thought it was pretty clear to listen to it. I, I don't mean to put words in his mouth and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I would not do that. I just thought it was, it was interesting to hear him essentially boil it down to, 
he thinks they can win, but accountability is part of the reason why they haven't. Yeah, and and look, they're they're zero eight in the Big Ten. You can make a pretty good argument that they could have three Big Ten wins, maybe yep, four. You can, you know, yeah. you know, and four and four and and ten and nine looks a whole hell of a lot better than six and thirteen oh. and zero and eight. You know, I mean, changes the conversation completely. It completely changes the conversation, but again. Your record is what your record is, right? And, and they they haven't gotten over the hump in those close games. They haven't been able to close it out. And, and maybe some of that goes back to what Toby was talking about, the accountability with, with guys needing to face consequences if, if they aren't getting things done that they need to get done in practice or in games or whatever it may be. So, yeah, it's I'm, I'm really, really interested. We'll talk to Fred on Friday. Um, before they head out to Columbus to play, to play Ohio state. I'm really, really interested to see what that dynamic kind of looks like moving forward. Now that Trey McGowan's is back, you know, Kobe could be a guy that sees his minutes get cut again. Let's not forget. He didn't play the first couple of games a, because he, he had a little bit of a back injury, but B is because Trey McGowan's playing a lot of minutes too. So that that's part of this equation too. So what's that going to look like going forward? What kind of fight are they going to have on Saturday? What kind of fight are they going to have? Because after Saturday, they've got four of their next five at home. And the one yeah. road game's at, at Michigan, who hasn't exactly lit the world on fire the last couple of weeks. You know, that you're you're kind of not that they're any of them are easy, but you're kind of through your your quote unquote hard stretch yep. uh, in the Big Ten after after Saturday. And these this back half of the schedule is going to give you some more opportunities. So look, Nebraska could get this thing going. And I I think you and I agree on this simple. They're probably going to win a few games here down the stretch. Yeah, knows, know who, yeah knows they, they they're they're, they're yeah, their schedule really was front loaded. It does ease up. Um, not, not Saturday, and no. really not Wisconsin coming in will be really difficult. Yes. So it hasn't eased up yet, but it will. Yeah. It's just here's the thing, though, Baz. I mean, if they're they get they go to zero and nine, if they go to zero and nine on Saturday, and then zero and ten, you know, in Fred's Fred Hoiberg's position, you worry about losing them a little bit. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm with you. I I see enough that leads me to believe that they can get three or four down the stretch. Now I say that and people think I'm crazy. I get that a lot. Like, what, what are you talking about? I mean, nah, I see enough. I, I yeah. but but they gotta keep doing it. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Again, again, they've been in position to win three, probably three of them already. Uh and you've still got 12 games left uh, in the Big Ten. So and that's again, if Fred doesn't lose the guys, and like you said, the losses keep piling up, who knows where the psyche goes then? But it's a look for, for a team that's six and 13 and 0 and 8, they're pretty fascinated right now, just with everything that's kind of going on with, with some of the things Kobe said uh, the other day. And look, Kobe's a guy who came back for another year, was probably knew his playing time was going to go down, but he came back thinking things were going to be different than this. He didn't come back to be 0 and 8 uh, in the Big Ten on January 19th. You know, and so there's probably some frustration. Certainly there's some frustration there for Kobe and certainly everybody in the program's frustrated with where they're at right now. So that that's part of it, too. But, you know, it's it was interesting, interesting to hear a, an older guy, a mature guy, a really, really smart dude. Like Kobe's one of those guys that's going to like be a really successful, you know, person, whatever he does, whether it's basketball or not. You can just tell that talking to him. But it was just interesting, I thought, to, to kind of hear him come out and say some of that stuff. And look, maybe it lights a fire under this team and maybe maybe it does get them going a little bit and maybe that was his intent by doing and yeah you know so we'll see but yeah just really interesting to again we we see it every time they play we see the struggles we see 
what happens. And, and it, it, it's no secret where the struggles are, but to hear a player, player verbalize it, I thought was, was, was pretty fascinating. Yeah. The other part of this discussion is what, okay. We, I think we kind of agree they could get a few wins down the stretch. Yeah. What does it mean though, if Nebraska goes four and 16? Yeah. I mean, that's that, I mean, you don't want to set the bar so low. Yes. It's sort of making a mockery of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't know. I, I, it all comes back to this. Trev is probably going to have a sort of a dip or, or just not sort of, just a difficult decision here. Yeah. Um, unless they go, listen, and I don't mind saying this. If they go 0 20, Baz, you got to fire. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, there's no yeah, way I you're agree. back 0 20. Yeah. First, first of all, they're better than 0 20. Now, what, what does Absolutely. that mean? What does that mean? It doesn't mean that much, but you would be underachieving at an incredible level at that. Nebraska's never had a winless conference season uh, in men's basketball. The program goes back to the 1880s, 1890s. So, yeah, uh, look, everybody knows the numbers. Fred's 20 and 58 overall. He's 5 and 42 in the Big Ten. He's 6 and 52 against power conference teams. He's 1 and 27 on the road. He hasn't beaten a ranked team uh, in, in his time here. So the numbers are what they are. And, and maybe the maybe the staff is upset about what Kobe said, but you got a pretty easy, you got a pretty easy retort when you, when you show them 20 and 58 and five and 20, five and 42. So yeah, we'll see what it looks like going forward. It's they're in a tough, they're in, they're, they're heading into a tough game on Saturday, but then you get home for a little bit, chance to get right. Who knows? Maybe they can rip off a couple here and pick off a couple pretty good teams. We'll see. I'll tell you, if I were a coach and I, and I, I'd look at frost and I'd look at Fred and what I've noticed is you they're they're basically human pinatas at this yeah. point. Um, because you could, I mean, all the criticism pretty much is warranted, you know, within reason. Mm-hmm. And there's really nothing they can say. Now, what I'm saying, what I'm suggesting here is if I was a coach, I'd look at it and say, don't get don't get in that position because it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's a horrible position to be in because Frost can't really say anything. Yeah. I mean, you, you can just trash them. And there's not, there's nothing they can really say. Yeah. And you can no. second guess. It, it just opens the door for anybody to second guess every single thing too. That's the. Exactly. Yeah. And they do. And especially in this world now where there's avenues to do it publicly and it's, it, there's, there's a, there's a ton of avenues to do it publicly. Nothing they can do. Nothing you can say. I mean, it's not really debatable topics usually, or even if yeah. it is, you can always say, well, your record's your record. Yeah. It's just they're in a Fred's in an awful situation. Look, and, and Fred said the words, and, and Fred's basically said that uh, the record's the record. It's a win or lose business, uh, and is. he's right. He's right, and he's lost more than he's won at a, at a pretty remarkable clip. So yeah, fascinating times for Nebraska basketball. It is the, it the is. only that avenue. Is. The only avenue for criticism of coaches at the University of Nebraska that I that I like to drive down and take a look around at is the column in the Lincoln Journal Star. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only one I give any credence to. That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, That's thank right. you. Simple laying it down. Yeah, laying it down. Laying it laying down. It That's down. what you should call your column. Instead of first, you should call it laying it down. With laying Steve it down. <laughs> uh, that's a, I think that's Def Leppard, isn't it? Laying is down it? the law with Counselor Sipple. <laughs> yeah. All right, on that note, we should probably get out of here. Um, 
appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll have certainly more next week around this time. And until then, we'll talk to you soon.